Hello there. I am joining you this morning <laughs> with my nighttime radio host voice. And I uh, apologize for that. Just have to kind of move forward sometimes. This changing of the seasons kicks my butt every year. So we're just going to make the most of it. Um, we're actually going to talk about uh, Genesis 10 today. This is our last week in Genesis. We are not going to make it through the entire book of Genesis. We're going to make it um, <laughs> definitely not through the entire week or no. through the entire book. We're going to make it through 10, um, chapters 10, 11, and the very beginning of 12 this week. And that's where we're going to wind up. So um, today's day is uh, all about Genesis 10, which we are not going to read because it is nothing but genealogy and mm. Um, even just reading it, the, there's a lot of tracing that you have to do. So Mm -hmm. talking through it would be a little, a little much. So yeah, kind of where we are today. So you want to start off, right? I'll just read the first verse and that'll get us kicked off for chapter 10 for today. Um, this is the account of Shem, Ham, and Japheth, Noah's sons, who them themselves who who themselves had sons after the flood. Which brings us to our very first question in the homework. Um, What does this say about Noah having any other children after the flood? And I I think we talked a little bit about this before, and I think we kind of had a um, difference of opinion about it. But I I keep reading and reading, and of course I absolutely, and be wrong, but when you read through the genealogy um, earlier, it says Adam, when he was however years old, had Seth and had other sons and daughters. And when you read on and on and on, Seth had others, Enosh, Kenan, Mahalalel, Jared, Enoch, Methuselah, Lamech, um, at a certain age, had Noah, and he had other sons and daughters. But when it comes to Noah, it says he was 500 years old. He became the father of Japheth, Shem, and Ham. It doesn't say anything about having other sons and daughters at all. So I, I kind of think that that was it. What do you guys think? Well, certainly didn't have any after the flood. Right. No more children because we know from verse... 32, that all of the nations of the earth descended from these clans after the great flood. And these clans are all the descendants from Noah's sons, Shem, Japheth, and Ham. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I think I, we can agree. be pretty confident that there were none born to Noah after the flood. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. I don't know about before, if there were more. I mean, he was 500 years old before he had those three. Right. Do you think that there were daughters? Because a lot of a lot of the, especially the Old Testament, does not talk about daughters. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. It's very rare that a daughter is included in lineage. 
Mm-hmm. But but I think she would have been included if she went on the ark. Yes. Oh yeah. I, I definitely right. don't I think, think anyone else before. was on the ark. Yeah. In right. those but, days, uh, you know, when you uh, got married, you be, you you became your husband's property and usually moved in with his family. And so I I would say that you know you kind of gave your daughters up, right? So mm-hmm. even if there were daughters, they would have been part of those other families. And they would have died in the flood. They would have died, yeah. Yeah. In the flood. So the biggest thing that strikes me is that I think this is pretty good confirmation that everybody descended from Noah, and in particular from his three sons. Mm -hmm. Um, So there were, you know, there wasn't anybody else. God didn't create somebody else and stick them out there in the middle of nowhere and let them start replenishing the earth. He, He did it all through Noah's sons. And it's yeah. pretty well documented here. I mean, you know, the Japheth's family, they became the Japheth, Japhethites, the Hamites, the Semites, which was Seth's family. There's no, like, Tony, you know? <laughs> like, <laughs> uh-uh. It's like, oops, we forgot Tony. You know, it was like, there's nothing like that. They, they don't, they talk about the sons, and then they talk about each of their lineages down there. Mm-hmm. And there's no, oops. You know, we miss yeah. one. Right. Yeah. I do think it's interesting that in verse 8 of chapter 10, it says, Cush was also the ancestor of Nimrod. So Cush was one of Ham's <laughs> descendants. Um, mm-hmm. And if we think back, Ham is the one who, um, you know, saw his father lying naked in the tent and <clears throat> went out and told on him, tattletale. Um, so Nimrod was a pretty brutal warrior from what I read Mm -hmm. Um, and there was a lot of discussion that he might have been involved with um, the Tower of Babel oh I didn't know that let's go back though let's kind of get go at this like kind of family org way if that's okay yeah sure you named that really well so we could even we could let's start maybe with Japheth he was the oldest right Yep. Yes. Okay. And the Japhethites, and he's also the first one mentioned. Um, I thought that was fascinating when they started breaking out who was connected to the different people. Oh, yeah. That was really neat. Like mm-hmm. verse five, the descendants became the seafaring peoples that spread out to various lands, each identified by its own language, clan, and national identity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And did you guys notice the name Tarshish? Yeah. In there. So that made me think about Jonah, you know, when Mm -hmm. he tries to run Tarshish to get away from um, God sending him to Nineveh, which is one of the cities that um, Nimrod built. Yeah. So uh, I thought that was, and then you see how everything ties together. I love that about the Bible. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Excuse me. Yeah, this is a lot to sort through. Um, but you're right. I think uh, just saying that um, in general, JFS, they became seafaring. They moved out. They went, let's see, they, he, they have a, him connected to Indo-European peoples. So that stretched the India the, from, the sh- from India to the shores of Western Europe. Mm-hmm. 
right? Mm-hmm. Which would include Germanic people, French, Spanish, Celtic. Um, far north of Europe, the Russian peoples, um, the ancient Medes, um, that was like Iran and Iraq, and the ancient Greeks, like you were saying, mm-hmm. um, that they were seafaring ways. Because, boy, to get through those Greek islands, you have to figure out how to do a boat. Yeah. <laughs> They had good experience at this point. They'd been on the ark for <laughs> over a year. Right. They knew about boats. Good point. Good point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. So what about the Hamites? Can you imagine being identified as a Hamite? The Hamite. <laughs> I think we have a whole bunch of things like ham-fisted and all that kind of stuff. We have just a lot of yeah. odd Terms things connected with that. Yeah. Well, I'll be thinking about it a little differently from now on when someone says, oh, he's such a ham. Well, <laughs> I hope not. No. <laughs> so ham was not the best son. Um, he was actually the, the youngest son. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? He's the one that, like Angie was saying, did something to Noah in that tent. Mm-hmm. Um. And his, it's interesting how his line um, does carry a lot of uh, people who were aggressive, people who were not yeah. particularly kind of like Canaanites. The, the, the Canaanites are descended. Yeah. So Goliath came from Ham's line. Right. Uh, yeah. And he, um, <clears throat> excuse me, Canaan is the, one of the sons of Ham. And out mm-hmm. of came the Hittites, the Jebusites, the Amorites, the Girgashites, the Hivites, Archites, and more. But as you look, um, as you study through, you will find that those are the very nations that God is telling them to drive out before them. And God says, when you, when you, um, when God brings you to the land, this is in Deuteronomy, Drive out before you the Hittites, Girgashites, Amorites, Canaanites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites. Destroy them totally, or they will corrupt Israel. And that's always been the reason why God wants them driven out and destroyed is because they will, the Israelites were told, because you will begin to worship their gods. And one of their biggest ones is Baal. And there's a Baal worship going on. Should I read this stuff that I looked up? I mean, I don't know what you looked up. Okay, I, <laughs> I know. I'm just saying it's, that just it's, makes it so tricky. <laughs> it's really, it's really bad. It's really bad of what it was um, like to worship Baal. Yeah, Baal had sex with his mother, sister, daughter. Believed in incest, obviously bestiality, adultery, child sacrifice, rape temple sex with prostitutes, orgies, and other sexual deviances. And isn't it interesting that that comes out of Ham, mm-hmm. well, who Baal dishonored was, his father? Baal was the god that they worshipped. Right. I don't know that he was an actual being, but you're right. It does come out of that as they're creating this, this god. Those are the things that are okay. And, and these are the things that God tells them not to get involved. If you've got to get rid of those people or this stuff will creep in. Right. And it does. You no, know, that's interesting, Terry, just even as you're saying that it's like, 
gods have been worshipped all over the world, all through history, right? Mm -hmm. The God that you serve says something about who you are. Mm -hmm. You know, and I think that is a comment, serving Baal, it's, it's like who you are. Are you willing to, they had, they've uncovered archaeologically furnaces where babies were rolled down into a pit of fire and, and horrific, horrific, horrific things. And um, I don't know. I, I just keep thinking it shows who you are, who you're willing to worship. Mm-hmm. You know? Yep. Gosh, I guess even us too. It's like shows who we are mm-hmm. as we worship. Like if we worship money, if we worship power or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. The thing well, that keeps coming back to me is um, that it is all about lineage, right? And that lineage that comes down and the traditions, beliefs, and behaviors that are passed down from generation to generation. Because Ham, right from the beginning, he was kind of a stinky one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that just grew and grew and grew as it went down. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah. Well, I think just like blessings can follow that kind of um, lineage, so can curses. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, the Bible says that God will bless those who bless him to a thousand generations, right? So if that, I think that that might kind of work the other way as well. You know, if you're not godly, then he has no, you know, um, no obligation. If you're not in covenant with him, he has no real responsibility to bless your descendants and instead just to let them go their own way. I mean, even Sodom and Gomorrah came out of Ham's mm-hmm. um, lineage. You know, they settled um, as far east as Sodom and Gomorrah. Yeah. So, yeah, I think, like you said, Suzanne, behavior, a lot of stuff is learned. You know, if you grow up a certain way, um, then that's just the way you go. A lot of people don't question that. I always find that right. interesting, though, because some people do change their direction and change their path. Um, and I find it interesting those who choose a different way and those who are content to just go on like live like their ancestors did. Yeah, but that's the beauty of it is that um, you don't have to repeat the sins of the father, yeah. right? right? Like because Every generation. of Jesus. Yeah. yeah. Because of Jesus, you can change you can change the lineage of your family. You can change the trajectory of your life, mm-hmm. of your family. Just because you were raised in a wonky way, that doesn't mean that that's how you have to continue. There's a lot well, of redemption to be had. Look at Rahab. You know, she was a, a foreigner and a prostitute, and yet her heart was soft towards God. And she changed the whole rest of her Mm -hmm. lineage Mm -hmm. by the choices that she made. So, yeah, you can be the one if your family lives in dysfunction and you think, oh, my goodness, you know, this is this is just the way it is. No, it's not. It doesn't have to be that way. One person can change everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah, And Jesus is that one person. I I was uh, I think I came to Christ. I was 32 ish somewhere around there. Um, did not have a sense. I had a sense of the rules. I'd know I'd heard the stories, but didn't catch who Christ was. And it 
physically racked my body. I couldn't stop crying for about an hour. I, um, and I couldn't comprehend a lot of the things that were going on. But what I did know was God was true. And a part of that, I think, is, is God will call to people of other nations. God will call to people. I'm thinking of the person who was in that, one of Ham's descendants and not happy about the fact that they'd have to sacrifice their baby or being in the midst of all of that. Like, that would have been horrible. And that's the truth, right? And I think the truth still speaks through a lot of that. It's like something's wrong. You know at a at a deep, deep, deep level that something is wrong. Um, I, I'm starting to tell people over and over, the root of your anxiety is start telling the truth. Tell the truth. And it seems to go away. I, even if you don't like what the truth is, it's like, all right, well, let's just deal with it there. Um, I don't know. I think that's another part, too, why Christians, where we need to start telling the truth. We need to start talking and engaging, not just with ourselves, but with people of other faiths, people who will be angry at us, people who won't like us, people who want to, um, I'm going to say sacrifices, but I mean like in terms of reputation. But there's this truth about God that stands. And that's what calls people from other nations. And other people in other nations, they can make their choices, that way, but I think we do have a responsibility to at least stand up and say, this is what's true. Look at the Bible. Look at who God is. This is the God that I serve, one of compassion, one of mercy, one of goodness. Mm, amen, sister. Amen. Yeah. When Jesus said, if you don't acknowledge me in front of other men, I'm not, I can't acknowledge you in front of the Father. So we do, it is incumbent upon us to live out our Christian faith and to speak it out. Um, we're the laborers that Jesus has on the face of this earth. We're the light in this dark world. And if we are not walking in that, then we, are, we bear some responsibility for people not coming to know him. Mm -hmm. No, I, I think we're, I don't know. I think we need to teach our kids more that, that they have a purpose. And it's not just to go to college and get a great job and have a great life. Um, they have a purpose in the kingdom of God that they, they'll find more rewarding if they fulfill that purpose than any other purpose that's out there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But it's so easy. We get caught up in the things of this world. Yeah. I actually have compassion for the descendants of Ham. And that feels sad. And I, I have compassion for people who don't know Christ. And I'm so grateful. Yeah. So grateful. Mm -hmm. And I do believe God calls people out of that. Mm -hmm. I do believe that God called me out of some stuff. I think that God is always wooing all of us. Every mm -hmm. single person on the face of this earth is being wooed by him. Um, we just don't always um, respond. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, but it's not God's fault. He's, he, I think he is actively pursuing each and every one of us all the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's yeah. true. Yeah. 
Just because, need to answer. Yeah, the word says, you know, behold, I stand at the door and knock. And if anyone will hear my voice and open the door and let me in, I'll come in. Yep. So, so I think he is always knocking. <clears throat> Excuse me. Well, we are running out of time and we yeah. didn't even get Shem. Well, but we will in day three. We'll get to the next okay. one. Or day so two. We, he's coming up. We can take care of it. All right, good. Well, Angie, do you want to pray for us today? I would love to pray for us today. Great. Father, Lord, you are so good. You are so faithful and so trustworthy. And Lord, we thank you for your word. Even when we read these genealogies, you bring light out of darkness and truth into our lives. And Father, the truth is that we can make a difference. That even though we might have a, a bad history, a bad lineage, a lineage of, of ungodliness, that we can be the one who turns and repents and change history for the rest of our families for eternity. And Father, I pray that for everyone that's listening today, if you are coming out of a family that didn't follow God, that didn't know God, that you can be the one who will change your family story, that you'll be the one who will tell them and tell your children about who Jesus is, that he loves you and that he wants the best for you, that he has great plans and a purpose for you. Um, and so, Father, I praise you and I thank you that you give us your word, that you tell us very precious treasures that we can put in our hearts. And Father, I ask that as we study your word, that the Holy Spirit will reveal what those treasures are and what they really mean to us personally, but also, Father, to the body of Christ and then to the world. Father, let us be good witnesses and testify of who you are. And Father, we ask that in the name of Jesus. We thank you for this time together. Amen. 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 And cut. <laughs> <laughs>